Hello and welcome to Middle Class Film Class Podcast. My name is Joseph. I'm Peter. And I'm Tyler. And this week, the Wheel of Destiny landed on my pick, Dunkirk. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. He's coming back round. He's coming back round! You can practically see it from here. What? Home. Oh, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yes, this was well. Was, this movie is nuts, dude. Yeah, this I uh, this is this is a very non-typical yet still very typical Nolan movie. <laughs> that is exactly what I was thinking when I was watching it's, this movie. I was like, this is a very Nolan movie, but at the same time, it's not a subject matter yeah, you'd see out of him. It, you'd expect at least it. It's very unique in terms of in the world of Nolan movies because sure. each and every one of his movies is pretty unique on its own. Yeah. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, the, this one stands out in terms of the content and the subject matter. But uh, So, I'm yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this. Um, but first, let's get into some... Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you hear the foghorn? I see. Now's the time for dabbing chatter. <laughs> I, love I, don't, that. I don't I don't know, I still have mixed emotions about that. <laughs> I'm not sure how to lead into it. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Cuz first I could I could just be like before I could just be like now's it like but first now's, now's the, time. the time for dabbing chatter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. So, I got some I got some a little bit of news, nothing like too crazy, but uh um Disney Plus is has, I think it's since the beginning. I mean, Disney's very careful about what they put out into the world. When they had, um, well, I don't know about that. I mean, they did release Rise of Skywalker. That's true, but uh, they they haven't distanced <laughs> themselves quite from that yet. But uh, they have distanced themselves from titles like Song of the South, supremely like yeah. racist movie. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, so, oh! You meant that dark stuff? Yeah, yeah. that. Oh. <laughs> they're distancing. They're very careful about that sort of thing. But I'm um, just wondering when they're going to close uh, Splash Mountain. Well, they they uh, made they made overhauls to it. Just, oh, just did they? Re, they'll just rebrand it or re uh, re uh, vitalize it in a different way. Oh, they have anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They God, took that. It's just. It's that. just. That was just a joke. I didn't. Know. It's just all animals. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a brer bear and brer rabbit. And yeah, they they did make a bunch of changes to that. That's kind of funny you said, said that, not knowing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so Song of the South, yeah, it's, it's, um, this Plus. is not about Song of the South. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a, it's very <laughs> difficult to find uh, Song of the South uh, in a version. I do have a version of it. I haven't watched it. I don't think I ever will. I have no desire. But um, they they uh, it went back and you know there's a lot of stuff that they've edited. <laughs> Now that it's gone on to Disney Plus, because people can stream this crap whenever they want. And oh, mm-hmm. I think I know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. 
and uh, Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah feature Splash <laughs> was edited to remove her butt. She's a for she's a mermaid to cover her butt. Yeah, to cover her butt with hair. You know, absolutely <laughs> inexcusable in 2020 CGI cover up with with more hair because like I saw the original version of it and mm-hmm. it's like it's already like covered up with like long ass hair. Yeah. They just put a more of a blanket. <laughs> over yeah of, it's of it's weird they like d- they like doubled it and they like uh, yeah. cut the section out and into the middle and made it longer it does not look good they clone stamped it they're taking a page from uh george lucas and his butchering of his films in let's see like the early 2000s i think the early 90s well that's what i wanted a lot of- that's why I, that's why i wanted to bring it up on the show i wanted to ask if you guys had any egregious editings or cgi cover-ups that stick out to you because that um, that was about as bad as the henry cavill mustache removal from justice league <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, God, well i forgot about that most most recently it was it's not from a movie i just saw an article about um there was like an episode of the bachelor where they were doing like a photo shoot and all like some girls were wearing like thong bikinis and the producers or an editor's tried to cover up their their butts with like this like same color of whatever oh like a uh, fake, fake bottom they were wearing really and they just, like, like covered the whole butt it looks like <laughs> like a cartoon like roger rabbit covering of it's really it's like the same scenario but in like a reality show it shows you the stark contrast of what happens in an editing room rather than what's actually going on on a reality show like the bachelor where like on the set of The Bachelor, I can assume that everyone's probably just fucked up and just doing what they want to do. And then they take all this footage and then the executives and everything, everyone are just like, oh, fuck, like, this is, uh, uh, how do we make this family friendly, guys? Come yeah, on, yeah. think about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think the only, the only real thing I can think of as far as CGI co- cover-ups um, would be... The maybe not maybe not even a cover up but just like a, a post bad cg bad yeah. cgi um uh, so it's not technically a post cgi scene but in rogue one where <laughs> he had uh, uh leia at the end animated like uh tupac oh, and coachella yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um <laughs> you didn't like that no no, I thought it was very jarring, and it was really out of place, and it was just... It was, a, it was supposed to be a, the young... Yeah, young, young Leia. They CGI yeah, young like, Leia. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it just came off as like a well, next-gen console uh, yeah. scene, cinematic <laughs> like scene in cut video scene game. from Final Fantasy twelve. Yeah, yeah Final exactly. Final Fantasy Spirits Within. <laughs> yeah exactly I, I really did like um which was an ambitious project i mean we i could talk about spirits within uh for quite a while about how ambitious that movie was but anyways uh but we, but mostly, we shan't <laughs> mostly the star wars like re-edits um kind of rubbed Those me off prequel? in the wrong ways Oh, the uh, or the original re-edits uh, yeah, like the, the original like uh, so i was gonna say for example uh the Jabba the Hutt scene where Han Solo oh, is talking to yeah. Jabba before he goes to the Millennium Falcon, like that was so jarring and so bad, and like yeah. Um, so I am not a fan of it. I think if you're going to release a property, 
um, leave it just how leave it, it is, you know, because the, the, the magic that happened is what's there. Like, I don't yeah, think there's yeah. really much you can change well, it's like It's like taking a painting. Better. It's like taking a painting and then, like, touching it up later, and you're like, oh, well, exactly. it's, 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 old, it's a little outdated. <laughs> it's a little outdated now. Maybe we should... Maybe we should Make Hitler look a little nicer in this painting, you know. <laughs> just, just release it. You know, I don't, um, yeah. I don't get it. I why, think, why leave and put but, it in there? Just leave either, either don't edit it and and leave it as is, or don't put splash in Disney Plus. If you're if you're if you're ashamed of a butt on screen, you think that's gonna disturb? There was the a there was a I saw this article about about that that scene about what they did, and there was like this Twitter post. Of this of a screenshot from Ragnarok, and you see Hulk's butt, but you don't see. They're not going to show Daryl Hannah's butt. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, you you're going to ban all butts, but you're going to leave Hulk's butt from Ragnarok yeah, in on. it. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a person either. I mean, the the argument is Hulk's not a person. He's a creature thing. Still a butt, but she isn't. She isn't either. She's a mermaid. Yeah, well, I mean, everyone wants to fuck a mermaid, so. Uh, gotta cover that, that butt up, you know. <laughs> gotta she gotta hide that temptation. She's like she's what l- Little Mermaid, but with like getting her her legs. Yeah. Um, but then it also brings up a point of, you know, it is the original creator doing these things, so it's no. Well, it's I mean it's <laughs> Dis- it's Disney, and they I think they own it. Well, so I, they I can mean, do whatever they I, want. I with guess it, technically, uh, but as, is it as far as uh, George Lucas's edits to his movies go? Like he's the one who's directing those edits, so it's kind of like, well, are who are we to say that he can't do something that he thinks will improve on, even though he's stupid as shit and just wants money? <laughs> well, he can, he can, he can do it. It's not like it's illegal, but we're. Well, no, 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 I just mean, like, on a moral aspect, it's just, like, who are we to say to (laughs) have the creator change It's ethically wrong what you're doing, George Lucas. We're the press, technically, I think. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But it's It's kind of just, like, Disney's Disney's not going to listen to the audience, you know. Uh, um, I mean, sometimes they will. I think they'll listen to the stay-at-home moms complaining about butts on their their Disney Plus. (laughs) One million moms, or whatever the hell that Facebook <laughs> group. One million mom march. Moms. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, that's really all in, I have to say. About in that. terms of, I mean, I can't think of any post, like redone scenes in movies or like re-edited mm. scenes in movies. I could just think of bad CGI moments, and the only the one that comes to mind first is is when Wolverine in the Wolverine or in X-Men Origins Wolverine mm. when he's like in the bathroom and he's like looking at his claws and it looks like it seriously looks like Roger Rabbit like <laughs> like like he's just like it. looking and, and like I remember when I watched, first watched it movie, my, br- my brother got like a like a like a first draft of the movie so like not all the scenes were completely rendered oh okay. I saw that I saw Th- that there um, was, version th- yeah there was still like uh, like scenes that weren't fully keyed, they still had like the gray huh. animation. Yeah, it was <laughs> not fully rendered, and I was like, I was like, oh, that that scene's probably gonna be you know fixed. <laughs> and then I saw, it, and then I saw it in theaters. I was like, nope. Yep, it's <laughs> exactly like, the they same. didn't fix it. 
That's funny. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I did, th- because, uh, yeah, like, the first draft of the movie was, like, leaked onto the internet, and, like, I downloaded it immediately and watched it, and I was like, oh, that's, uh, well, I'm, it was cool to watch the movie, and then I watched the movie <laughs> theatrically, and I was like, oh, it's the same? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's all yeah. I wanted to bring up. I thought that'd be something fun to talk about. I think uh, yeah. Job of the Hut was mine. That was exactly what I'd say. Yeah. For the uh, for the for audience sure. that doesn't know what we're talking about with Jabba, the first draft of Jabba the Hut from the original Star Wars trilogy was supposed to be a humanoid creature. He was kind of like just a chubby dude in a big coat who was rich, and he was uh, kind of a like a warlord or a mob boss or something. And mm-hmm. Han Solo meets him in the uh, hangar before they take off from the Millennium Falcon. And he has this long conversation with them, and that was cut yeah. out from Episode Four. And he only introduced to him later in Episode Five or Six. Jabba, uh, Episode Five or Six. It, it must have been Five. Been five, I think. No, it has to yeah, it has to be six because uh, your Lando Calrissian is with them in the palace. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Lando's right, introduced right, episode five. So, anyways, Jabba's episode six, and he in the you know seven years or whatever between the first release and the and the uh, the third release, he turned into the mm-hmm. giant worm creature we all know as Jabba. But they uh, they had to do some creative editing because Han walks behind him, and they have to st- show him stepping oh, over yeah. his fat tail. And he goes, wow! And he goes, and, and if you watch the edit of it, Han Solo's body just goes, whoop, whoop, like up and down really fast, like <laughs> like a Mario. Yeah, exactly. Like he's jumping over his tail. It's really d- distracting and bad. <laughs> that was yeah. that was my worst one, but that and the mustache. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anybody else? Uh, so I have one. Um, uh, kind of, kind of sad for us anyway um eggers was i i saw this article saying eggers was one week away from rolling the camera on his next movie when production shut down indefinitely oh for the northman for the northman and um starring alexander skarsgård nicole kidman bill skarsgård willem dafoe and anya taylor joy um and they were doing they were like in the middle of doing makeup and costume tests, and then they had to stop. Yeah. And um, he is uh the I guess the movie centered around a Nordic prince who sets out on a mission of revenge after his father is murdered. So it's a revenge story, and he's still he's teaming up with his lighthouse DP Jaron Blaschke. Thank um, God. Nice. I'm. Very like curious about what this movie is gonna look like. I think it's gonna um, be very violent, and um, well, just visually, what it's gonna look like. Like, what what's the? I mean, we already have the witch, very bleak looking. And you have the uh, lighthouse, which was which is black and white, old timey. So I think and this one, I I think it's probably gonna be a Valhalla Rising type of feel. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe with a little bit more production quality. Um, I I did read some, I didn't read article I didn't read that article about when they stopped production, but I did read about. Wait, I'm not done, Tyler. Oh, sh- no, <laughs> <laughs> they're still doing production, but they're just like doing like finishing up uh, like costumes and like creating like knight armor and shit like that, weapons and shit. Um, 
nothing production wise yeah and but apparently he, it's going to be a very large production comparatively he uh was saying in this one interview regarding the northmen that he rarely uses storyboards and he only uses storyboards if he's like using animal training or a bunch of extras in a scene and he said that most of this movie is storyboarded which is a different experience for him because obviously like the movies that he's made are very isolated between character, like character heavy characters. character interactions um so i uh i think this is going to uh you know coincidentally i also think that this is going to feel very nolan like in its uh, in its tone of the action that it's going to have mm-hmm. but at the same time though it's like i don't know what to expect because like all of his movies have been very contained so it could be like this epic but contained it, story it at will the same be time. it will be weird because there's more than one location for this movie <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> I didn't know. Um, yeah. on a positive note for that um i wasn't going to say much wasn't going to say this but um another news story I read is that Steven Soderbergh has been uh, tasked with uh, basically leading or heading a um, Directors Guild of America committee that's um, basically set to push production that's going to start resuming once the you know bands uh, isolation requirements are lifted or whatever so Steven Soderbergh is going to be in the head of that so I imagine Mm. they're probably going to give preferential treatment or like first shots to some of the bigger productions of the people with uh, promising yeah. productions that had to stop. So I imagine this is probably going to resume fairly quickly once the isolation orders are lifted. Yeah. Oh, and I just one smaller, uh, small thing I saw recently. Um, the trailer for the new uh, Al Capone movie starring Tom Hardy was released. Yes. Oh, really? Fon- Fonzo. They changed the name, though. Mm-hmm. What was... They change the name from Fonzo or to from Fonzo. Fonzo. To what? Um, I want to say it's just Capone, which is kind of annoying. Isn't there another <laughs> movie called Capone? Yeah, there's already like four movies called Capone. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it, that's like, what it was. The, the movie focuses on like Al Capone's later years where he's like old and has dementia. Or they, he says he has dementia. Well, he suffered from syphilis, like severe syphilis at the end of his time. So, like, he was already dumb as shit to Attacks begin the with. Brain. And so now, like, with syphilis, like, rotting his brain, he's, like, yeah. even more stupid. And I think they did <laughs> yeah. a Drunk History episode on that, too, where they mm. were, like, That's highlighting. Where I get all my historical news from is Drunk History. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the only news source I can trust nowadays. Starring John C. Riley. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that was just one quick thing that cool. I forgot that I saw. I'll watch uh, anything with Tom Hardy in it. So uh, there is a news article that I read, and it was an interview with Robert Eggers, and he reveals why there was not a full-blown erection in the lighthouse. <laughs> Yeah. And this is um, news. <laughs> so basically when he was pitching the idea to the production companies he was like, "Okay, so here it is." Like it basically he had like this whole like book of like how it was going to play out scene for scene. Mm-hmm. And then um 
everyone's like, yeah, this is weird, but we like it. We're going to make it. But got to the boner scene. You got to you got to take the boner out. They don't specify at which point you see this boner. Um, <laughs> the alleged boner. So I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking. What did you say? Scene where I would want to see an erection <laughs> in would have been when Willem Dafoe first goes up to tend to the light and he's sitting there and he's looking at the light really fond like it would have been nice to see the first scene where he's like he's like taking off his suspenders yeah i think that would have been the most effective way to use an erect penis in a movie (laughs) not in not in the not in the mermaid scene or the scene scene where he's clipping off 21 minutes (laughs) Uh, and uh, <laughs> what are we what are we clipping? Uh, the boner, whatever Tyler just said. The, most, the effective most effective scene to use a boner. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on the board, Tyler. <laughs> um, two, yeah, I thought it was two used boner very drops. gratuitously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm about to have the hardest boner right now. So I did learn though that if you have an erect penis on screen you have to have the movie rated nc-17 which i thought not it got true me think- it kind of got me thinking about <laughs> nc-17 ratings that's well that's antichrist that's antichrist re- is rated r and that's william defoe's schlong it's not a boner it's, though it's not it his, is though. it is it's full penetration well yeah that i mean it's not it's, i don't know it's black I, and white it's black and it's, white it's, and it's a, artistic so it's they get a, a pass, dick. apparently. I don't know if it's his dick. I mean, to be... It's, that sounds very titillating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, like, the movie rating system already doesn't make a whole it's lot of sense. It's not rated. Antichrist is not rated. What? I wonder... On I IMDb, wonder. It's, it's not rated. Hmm. Very interesting. But yeah, I, I, I may be, I, I may I be really wrong here. Mean, Listeners, weigh in. Send us an email. More boners or less boners on this podcast? <laughs> MCFC podcast at gmail.com. In the subject line, put boner uh, survey. So from what Robert Eggers said in this interview, I can't remember who it was, I, uh, but mm-hmm. he said that they he had to take out the boner scene because it would make the movie rated NC-17 and it, also, yeah. and it wouldn't be as successful which it wouldn't have a, a, have a limited release yeah. more limited release yeah but it brought up a good question though in like the age of streaming and the internet like is nc if is the movie rating system really even relevant at this point because we have so much access to content that all you can say is like yes i'm 18 years old click and you could obviously not be 18 years old so it's like i, I wish there was i wish there was a rating I, I think there needs to be a rating system. I don't think the NPAA rating system is is good enough. I think it's I think it's particularly bad. If you're if you have two f words in a movie, it's instantly rated R. That's stupid. Yeah. I, th- I don't. I don't yeah. Really, I don't really like the NPAA rating system, but I think it does give you something to go off of for the casual mu- movie viewer who doesn't research their movies before they watch it or whatever. It should you know, just I be don't... more comprehensive, I guess. And at this yeah. point, like it, it doesn't it's feel very weird. It, it seems it is, and it's, it's it's a whole like committee. There's an interesting documentary about. Uh, I think it's called "This Film Is Not Yet Rated." Oh yes, uh, yeah. 
it's a guy that like kind of gets into the MPAA rating um, cartel, and it's very strange. Uh-huh. It's a great, great documentary. Yeah. It's a weird because like people will say like my mom like I don't watch rated R movies. And like, well, there's so many movies that are good so, that so many great like, rated are, R are, are rated R, and the only reason they're rated R is because they have cussing or mm. a nude scene or like some violence or something mm-hmm. sure but like the movie itself isn't really like i don't know r rated quote unquote it's not graphic it's not certain like something mov- certain movies should have their own special rating for basically telling you how ridiculously yeah. gratuitous it is yeah like like what like once upon a time in hollywood that for the most part that movie is PG thirteen, mm-hmm. but the very last ten minutes is v- extremely R rated. But <laughs> uh, but like it's so it's so weird how they ha- like balance what is worthy or worth like a PG thirteen rating or an R rating because I've seen PG thirteen movies with with like F words in them with the word F fuck. Yeah, and and, sorry. Go ahead. And it's like, is there like there's like you said, is it is it two f bombs and it's and it's an R rated? It's like a stamped with an R rating. That's a rule. Mm -hmm. That's weird. I listened to a behind the scenes. uh, It was like a commentary or something, or maybe it was just a small interview with uh, the Lonely Island guys, Andy Samberg, Yorma Tacone, and uh, Akiva Shriver. And they were talking about how when they made um, Hot Rod, there's one scene where they're doing like the the stunts at home for like birthday parties and stuff. Yeah. And they're collecting the check from the lady, and he's got like an ice ice pack on his head, and he's like he's like man that was fun, and she's like get the fuck off my property, okay. And then they take off. <laughs> they're like they're like we really needed to make sure that the f the one f word that we used had the most impact, so we debated to put it in this scene, and we almost put it in that scene, and. We ended up on this one because oh. it's kind of out of nowhere, and it's like that's their one f bomb they get for the whole movie because they didn't want it to be rated. Is the movie PG thirteen? Oh, so yeah, it's PG-13. they didn't want it to be rated R. Um, See, that's it. That's so weird. That that's such a weird it's, stipulation. It's, it's a dumb rule. Yeah. Um, on that topic, yeah. though, of um, having a boner in your initial cut and then taking it out for the sake of censorship, release um, the boner cut. It wasn't even <laughs> filmed. No. Yeah, no. the original. No, the original like storyboard or whatever. No, in, um, it wasn't. It wasn't filmed, but still, at least well, the boner the, cut. The uh, you can make a fan flick if you want, Tyler. I won't watch it. <laughs> I'll be, yeah, no one wants to watch that. <laughs> Thanks, George Bush. All right. So the, uh, the point that I was trying to make was like um, some some um, shock type um, filmmakers or. TV makers will include things that they know are absolutely going to get cut out of um, uh, from the censorship from the censorship board. Uh, Dave yeah. Chappelle does it, I know. Matt Stone and Trey Parker do it. Johnny Knoxville and the guys from Jackass they do it, where they'll they'll be like they'll have all their craziest stunts and they're like, well, they're not going to they're not going to give us this. And they're like, okay, well, let's put a cra- an even crazier one in here where you know whatever <laughs> you know like we we're going to fake an abortion in public or something and they're like, no, we have to cut that out. That's ridiculous. But yeah, you can keep the one about sticking the toy car up your butt. Oh, so it's like, so it's like it's a sacrificial you soften the sketch. blow. Yeah, exactly. You soften the blow of one thing. It's like when you do something wrong, you like 
create another situation what's <laughs> yeah. e- that's even worse it's like and then you say like oh i scratched your car by the way oh that's okay as long as you're okay like yeah exactly <laughs> there's this crazy guy on the road and he like almost <laughs> like <laughs> he pulled a gun out and pointed at me <laughs> oh my god then he, uh, oh I and s- your car i swerved and hit a mailbox I'm so glad i still have my life <laughs> kind of they're like they they, they know that they want to cut something you know um that's you mean that happens a lot in, in a lot of things in life you know people will maybe do something a little bit more extreme and then know that they're they're shooting for level a and they put it to level yeah. you know b and they know shoot they're high get, yeah they're gonna get cut down to a anyway so but I, yeah. that's pretty funny yeah and um besides from erect penises uh speaking of erect penises actually <laughs> uh, the new dune movie released their uh some some uh shots some screenshots some screenshots yeah, it look, and it looks, it, looks it looks amazing and i'm very excited to see where the director of x i think he directed x machina if i'm not mistaken right no alex that was alex garland it's yeah, it's denis Villeneuve. oh it's the guy who yeah. did a uh, blade runner 2049 yeah. Yes. So an enemy and arrival and Scarlet. Oh, that's and, where I was reading about enemy the other day. Anyways, um, as soon as you uh, see the screenshots, it feels like a Blade Runner, um, tone. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm very excited about that, and I. It's just gonna want... be two movies, by the way. Yes, it is. Ooh. Well, based on well, hopefully he's contracted to do two movies rather than it's like oh you can do a second movie based on the success of the first one and. Oh. That that's the only thing I fear because I'm not too you know I I'm not sure on the details of that but uh, yeah you know, how, you know how it went Tyler actually you know they read the first script and then they're like give us another one pretty much <laughs> give us another one give us a- <laughs> exactly give us another one they're like oh yeah hey oh! that that a <laughs> that a twenty four is pumping out some real good culturally relevant movies that'll be remembered for a lifetime maybe we should try. I don't think Dune is A24, is it? No, I, I just mean like the okay. studio who is doing it. They are they're seeing all of the movies that will be remembered and and regarded highly oh. in history are coming from that studio. Yeah. So they're like, oh, let's do Doom. That that's a that's obscure enough, but also Doom starring uh, starring the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> it would be it would and... be funny if if they um, they greenlit Dune and then De- Dennis Villeneuve <laughs> accidentally gave him a script for Doom. <laughs> he like writes the whole thing and he goes into the pitch and he's like all right so we're 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 on a space station and all these demons start coming out and the and the guy's got oh my God. That and would it cuts to so first person and there's a gopro on his chest like hardcore henry and they're like denny uh denny we we love you but we want a dune with an n oh <laughs> I thought you said yeah. Doom. Just like a bizarre few weeks on film. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I got to start this all over again. Um, <laughs> I'll come back in six months. Yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> I guess that's all I got. I mean, there's definitely other stuff I could talk about, but it would probably be like a whole episode of talking about other stuff that I have. Uh, that's for next week. So, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's the top top tier top tier news stuff I've the been boner reading. cut that doesn't exist the boner cut that doesn't exist and dune Un- which uh, unlike I... the butthole cut yeah, it's yeah about which one actually erections. <laughs> exists <laughs> anyway uh streaming picks ah yes Do some streaming picks 
Uh, oh fuck! I forgot Pete. we have streaming picks. Pete, <laughs> you go first. Okay, I will. Uh, let's see. Let me get into my list here. I have a um, I got a double. Wait, wait, go ahead. Wait, hold on a second. Did either of you watch Shot in the Dark? No. I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I watched anyway. the first. I watched the first two episodes. I was going to bring it up. Um, I, I don't know how you watched the first before. episode and then didn't watch episode two. Because I watched that, the sec- I watched the second one. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. I was like, it, it was like, as soon as the ending of episode one, I'm like, holy shit! Did that person survive? It was I don't even know what you intense. guys are talking about right now. What shot in the Tyler. dark? Tyler, Tyler, do you know that we have a, a, a weekly movie podcast and <laughs> and all three of us give recommendations? The jo- Joseph gave one last week that we was very passionate about called Shot in the Dark. I know that was a joke. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was a bad joke. I, I know. <laughs> you were Tyler. You were so jazzed about it. Did you watch it? Uh, no. Oh. I'm sorry. He, he rewatched uh, the Greasy Strangler again. <laughs> so literally every to start day off, to, to start off my streaming picks first um first off i did watch shot in the dark it was it was very good i watched two episodes i didn't go any further than that but i'm gonna probably watch more this week after after work they're short episodes too like 35 minutes or something like that yeah yeah um and i also did watch the greasy strangler and tyler i have to tell you that i'm seriously questioning our friendship at this point um, I think the people that made this movie should go to jail. I think the MPA needs to make a special rating just for movies like this. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty weird, huh? It was top three worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It was oh, you didn't like terrible. it? <laughs> no, it was the worst. It was terrible. Oh come on! And Justice, Justice was a person. He is his his. He had personally offended him and his lineage that you even <laughs> mentioned him on the podcast in the same sentence as that movie. Did you tell him that he said that? We watched it. Yeah, we watched it together, and then I played him the clip that oh, you said, God. hey, shout out to Justice. I think he'll like this. That was a oh. joke. He- that wasn't meant to be real. I knew he would hate this movie. I watched it with him. Oh, God. <laughs> it was... It was terrible i had never seen so much full frontal male nudity in my life <laughs> oh i see is what, that why our significant others would be uncomfortable the whole movie you should be uncomfortable so i'm well, gonna i'm gonna um i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna refer to tyler as a bullshit artist for the rest of my life now because <laughs> <laughs> they, they say that they say you're a bullshit artist probably 35 or yeah. more times in the movie it's really yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's 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 quite something. <laughs> do you do you so do you actually like the movie, Tyler? I Not too was, good, man. I was entertained by it. I thought it was like strangely unique, uh, much in the same mindset of the movie Freddy Got Fingered. You a dullard? <laughs> Freddy Got Fingered. Oh no! I haven't watched bad. it, so it's I don't know. Okay, so I've seen Freddy Got Fingered though. Yeah, so Freddy, Freddy got, got Fingered's no nowhere. That doesn't even close this. Close. It doesn't even touch this. Like it's not even the same zip code as this movie. I, it's, I, I don't know about that. I mean, the same planet. It, it, this movie was. Uh, yeah. Is Freddy Got Fingered better or worse? Well, it's way better. The, way better. Oh my I'll, god! I'll tell you this, <laughs> Joseph. You should watch it, just oh. so you just so we can talk about this. It's going it's, on the wheel. It's, oh, no. no, I don't no. want to talk about it that way. I have, I have, no. I have a pick. I, I have the replacement. Whoa, it's whoa, the whoa! Sh- 
<laughs> so anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on that. I just, I just, um, that was, it was something else. I, there wasn't a whole lot of times in my life where I've watched a movie and this was It's a bad movie, Tyler, and you should feel bad. <laughs> just, Joseph just said the same thing. He's like, I, I don't usually think about how I've wasted hours of my life, but that felt, <laughs> oh, no. that felt like two hours that on and it was only 90 minutes it felt like three hours yeah it was only an hour and a half <laughs> i know i felt like i wasted four hours of my life on that 90 minute movie <laughs> oh fuck wow that was the longest year of my life yeah sorry I'm a little crazy <laughs> with the buttons there all right all right so my actual streaming picks i got um i got a, a, a one fun one uh it's called grabbers from 2012 and this is uh, streaming on hulu um you guys mm-hmm. ever heard of this one uh no i've heard of Wait, it grabbers Grabbers. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's kind of a creature feature. Another short movie, hour 32 minutes. Um, uh, Just Watch defines it as horror, mystery, thriller, action, sci-fi, comedy. Um, So it's kind of like in the same tone as maybe like a Shaun of the Dead. Kind of funny. It's English, so the tone kind of helps. And it's, I want to say it might even be Scottish, but it's somewhere over over across the pond. And Mm. it's, there's a... um, these water-dwelling tentacled monster things that are came from space or something, and um, you don't need to know much going into it, but it's fun. It is funny. I le- I remember legitimately laughing quite a bit. I didn't watch it this week, but I saw it a couple years back, and it's really really fun. And it popped up on Hulu for me, and I thought this would be a great one. It's a good recommendation for the audience. Um, and then if you want something with a little bit more of a serious tone, that's like quality quality cinema. I got a double feature to recommend. Um, <clears throat> this is, they are both streaming on Seek. This one is streaming on Netflix. This is also streaming on Netflix. Cool. So this is uh, Jeremy Solnier double feature. I'm going to recommend for both you guys or everyone. It's a Blue Ruin from 2013 streaming on Netflix and Green Room from 2016 also streaming on Netflix. And these are ger- both made by Jeremy Solnier, a really, really promising up and coming filmmaker. Uh, and he's not even up and coming at this point. He's established himself as a very high quality filmmaker. Um, th- he made a Hold the Dark a couple years later that was not nearly as good. It was kind of really well shot, but the plot didn't really go anywhere for me. Um, but Green Room is about a punk band that goes and plays at this crappy skinhead club, and they witness a murder, and they're basically trapped in this club with these skinheads who are basically going to kill them because they'd rather just bury the body then explain it to the cops um really 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 good and intense movie isn't and patrick stewart in that one patrick stewart yeah. is he's the leader of he's the skinheads lead, lead nazi uh, yeah. yeah really he plays it he plays it great too um, we all know how tyler feels about nazis <laughs> you yeah. know the, the cool thing about it is um in the movie um i, I think i think the name is the name of the song is called um um, Nazi, Nazi punks, punks fuck, fuck, off. fuck off. Yeah, and they're playing. That's the song they choose to play to the skinheads when they open their set. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the ba- the band in in the movie. Ooh. Yeah, uh, but so that's a fun one. <laughs> and uh, I, Blue just, Ruin. I just I just remember the one scene with, with, that involves a box cutter and a uh, fat guy. Yeah, there's a lot of hard to watch scenes in it, but it's really good. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah suspenseful it's action-packed um and it's it's very true to life it feels like something that could actually happen um same thing with blue ruin um 
Luren's about a guy who's basically homeless and you find out through the course of the movie that he went into a heavy depression after his uh, wife was killed by this kind of mobster and he's been living like on the beach just having a shitty life and he finds out that the mobster um, gets out of jail and he reunites with his family so the this guy played by Macon Blair um, kind of follows him to try to kill him and it's a very realistic and like view of what would happen in a revenge movie without someone who's got all this special training he's mm-hmm. he steals a gun out of someone's truck outside of a like a bar and it's in a it's in a like a case underneath this seat and it's got a, like a lock on it and he there's a whole scene for like three minutes where he's just trying to get the lock off and then basically destroys the gun on accident and just throws it in a garbage can and moves on and nothing ever <laughs> happens from it. <laughs> so it's like a, a realistic interpretation of how someone would try to go about getting revenge um, without all that special training. And it's really, really, really good and sad and well shot. And it's good. yeah, it's worth worth a watch. So those are my streaming picks. Okay. I have one. Um, I think it has been mentioned here, not as a streaming pick. Maybe it has. I don't think it has. Um, but this is just a super fun, lighthearted action comedy movie. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, streaming oh, yeah. on streaming on Hulu. Um, Wait, isn't that that is, really dark one? What? No, it's no. got Sam Neill in it. Sam Neill and... It's like uh, Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi oh, no, I was thinking makes of a that, cameo. I was thinking of that one uh, Australian movie where he the the girl's like friends with like the aboriginal and oh that's, that's the, nightingale. the nightingale the nightingale okay yeah that's uh, sad that's a that's a different movie <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one takes place in new zealand in modern days not in prison time australia uh the main character we have julian dennison playing ricky baker and he is a troubled youth who is moved around in the foster care system and he ends up at this house in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand uh, near the bush they call it the bush Um, and basically it is the journey of him and Sam Neill's character who plays Hector Heck Uncle Heck and as they get lost not oh they don't get lost actually the starting point is the mother, spoiler alert, dies of oh. natural causes were led to believe, heart attack or something. That was a um, legitimate surprise for me when I watched this. I'm like, oh, I loved her. And then she died right away. Yeah. And so, so they sort of get on the run, kind of. Or he, I, I, yeah, they get on the run and they're just sort of traveling through the wilderness and then... Uh, the uh the child kills the child care services lady who is like very uh almost like she's like the villain in this movie and she's basically like becomes the lead in the search party she's like <laughs> telling the police what to do and <laughs> she, she reminds me of uh, like a headmistress in a, like a, a movie about a kid in an orphanage just mean. yeah it's like she's like the matilda like she's the mm-hmm the lady from like she's kind of like the lady from matilda who makes the fat kid eat the chocolate cake um (laughs) 
and yeah so it's just a good fun movie it's very sweet and funny and action-packed um not the best taika movie um but it's very very good i think it's probably in my top three taika movies yeah jojo rabbit i think is his best nice yeah in terms of in terms of emotional like range there's like it's it's funny it's sad and there's action it's really cool too to see taika's like he uses he's been using the same core actors for a long time like the lady who plays the headmistress she was in eagle versus shark she was in yeah she, um, she's like not boy. even like she's like wasn't even an actress she just yeah, like just, is it she just wandered so on the set she's like hey i'm she's looking like a for friend. a job she's like a friend of his um, yeah something like that and she's in thor ragnarok yeah she's in thor mm-hmm. yeah was she in jojo she's, rabbit uh no she is not actually at least I don't oh, think I take back everything I said about Taika. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, I mean, it takes place in 1940s uh, Germany. She, they did a screen test with her, and she couldn't fake a German accent, so they kicked her <laughs> off set. <laughs> it, makes, it would make no sense. I mean, we have Taika playing imaginary Hitler, but... Um, Is he the only Kiwi on set in that movie? Um, Or on screen, I should say. I'm trying to think. I don't... I think so. I mean, there's a lot of British actors in the movie. Um, Sam Rockwell's in the movie. Um, the most famous yeah. British actor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephen Stephen Merchant is uh, in it too, right? Yeah, he plays like the leader of the Gestapo. I love um, him. He's so great in everything he's in. Yeah, they, they, they he has a really funny role in that movie. Um, anyway. If I was, movie. if Jojo Rabbit was streaming, I would, uh, I would stream pick that. But it's not. I just highly recommend it. <laughs> and Hunt for Wilder People. To I think I said it. It's streaming on Hulu, and Hoopla and Canopy. Hulu's coming out with some big titles. I mean, like streaming big titles. Yeah, That's, yeah. Their services. Parasite. Parasite had the biggest, like, like streaming uh, numbers. Yeah, they did. Uh, when it was put out on on Hulu. That's what I heard too. Yeah. Not, not surprised anyway. at all. They're coming for Netflix. <clears throat> yeah, Netflix has a lot of this, this is good stuff in Netflix, but there's also a lot of trash. That is very true. Yeah. And speaking of it's Netflix, like, it's, <laughs> it's like cycling through like the dollar bin at Best Buy. It's like <laughs> god. There's some gems in there, but then they're But I mean, that's yeah. kind of like with Amazon. <laughs> Prime too. Yeah, I was gonna say between Netflix yeah. and Amazon Prime, you get you get all the shitty movies <laughs> yeah. you want. Percentage of good movies to percentage of <laughs> it's probably not in positive. Well, speaking of Netflix, uh, my streaming pick happens to be streaming on Netflix. It is the summer comedy of the year, Blue Valentine. <laughs> um, looking for a good chuckle. If you're looking to feel good. Have a great time with your significant other. Please watch Blue Valentine. It will make you horribly depressed and take counseling on your relationship, probably. Um, <laughs> this movie stars Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams and some other people. And basically a movie about a relationship that goes to shit in the older years of this couple's life. But... Mm -hmm. The endearing part of this movie is that it shows the like initial like oh my god I'm in love with you sort of 
attitude towards relationships you know like when you quote unquote find find the one find yeah and um and then it time jumps to where you know they have a kid the, and they're older the editing in the movie is is really well done very seamless the way, like it the way it goes back and forth yeah it i i would say the editing of this movie contributes to the uh, like emotional feel towards it um because yeah. it definitely cuts at very great times of like oh they were super happy and then it goes and you're fucking miserable and like the ryan gosling's character you know he's like a fat balding guy who Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i thought that makeup was very well done seeing a middle-aged ryan gosling living out in like the sticks of some some southern state (laughs) or i actually i don't know if they they mention the the city it's based in but like you know it it feels i want to say it's east coast yeah it definitely doesn't feel west coast um it it feels very cold uh, this movie is definitely a really heavy movie to watch but i've watched it a few times and it's it's just a really you know it it's a good uh it's a good experience i mean not positive experience but like it makes you feel really hard and i think it's very well done and with that said i did have a streaming pick originally before blue valentine that i think we've already mentioned on the show before and we might have mentioned it on the show a couple times was uh, a ghost story starring casey affleck and mara mm-hmm. rooney i thought that what i rewatched that movie rooney mara oh rooney mara oh yeah i got the news fuck <laughs> <laughs> I guess it could go either way. Mara Rooney. <laughs> Mara Rooney. Rooney Mara. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I've done this. Um, this is actually, a, that was actually a streaming suggestion from a listener. Oh. An email. A, uh, an email yeah. from uh, Brianna. It sounded familiar. And um, I, I rewatched this movie again and I was, I was blown away by it. Probably like in the exact same way I watched it the first time. Uh, it's just a very quaint little little movie, and it just does everything perfectly. And uh, I know that was already extremely picked, so I didn't. I won't go into it too much. But I rewatched a ghost story, and yeah, please watch this movie. This is such a good movie, and Blue Valentine yes, is also right. a great character-driven movie, and it will make you feel really hard. And uh, if you want to, you know, be, get a gold gold medal in the Olympics, you know, you watch it with your significant other because that's uh, watch the Greasy Strangler. Yeah. Oh yeah. Playing life on hard mode is watching Greasy Strangler with your girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Greasy Strangler streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have not looked up this movie at all. Like I have Which not one, Blue Valentine or to... Greasy Strangler? No, no, Greasy Strangler. Oh, yeah, yeah you should watch it. I Indiana have not love it. It's so anything. good. Oh, no, it's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, ignore everything. It, it just go go into it blind, like how I went into blind watching Dunkirk. <laughs> good segue. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess now it's time to discuss the movie of the week. Yes, yes, yes. Dunkirk. Dunkirk, directed by Christopher Nolan, produced by Christopher Nolan. Um, I think he wrote starring, it. Too. Star, yeah. Um, starring Harry Styles. <laughs> yeah, that's the only recognizable name. I didn't realize that was him till the till the very end. Uh, oh really? It, on the train scene, Brie came downstairs. <laughs> really? Yeah, Brie came downstairs, and she's like, "Look, look." She goes, "Is this uh, did is Harry Styles still alive?" And I'm like, "He's in this movie." And then she goes, "Oh, there he is on the train." I'm like, "Oh shit, that is him." <laughs> yeah, that was uh, yeah, post One Direction. Harry Styles, Tom Hardy, and uh, the kid Cillian from Murphy. Killing of Oh yeah, Killian Murphy, and kid from Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but he's yeah. not in it for very much anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just like how you so started off with uh, Dunkirk starring Harry Styles. Yeah, Dunkirk starring <laughs> Harry Styles. That was a really big um, selling a, point of this movie. As an asshole. He's, if you uh, look up a Dunkirk cast on Google, uh, the first person named is harry styles wow like oh he's God. the most well-known person other than tom hardy i guess and um, then killian murphy then tom hardy and i'd argue that tom uh, hardy played a like a similar sized role to harry styles as well so it's kind of weird you see harry styles face through the whole movie. yeah they make sure they, uh, they his manager is just like you get that camera on his face that's harry styles you're filming there so dunkirk released 2017 directed by christopher nolan written by christopher nolan only um it is the story of uh british soldiers and french soldiers who are surrounded by the german army on the beach of dunkirk and they literally have uh no way to get off other than those boats that are very slow moving um and there's 400,000 men on the beach and uh yeah it's a very intense movie very uh fish in a barrel as the trailer would say um mm. yeah what do you guys think good go ahead tyler uh so i have this the this was the first time i watched this movie um i went into it really really blind because i remember when it was first getting released i think it was like what was it like 2017 it got released um mm-hmm. i was on a pretty big high of Christopher Nolan movies after the Batman series. So when I heard that he was making, oh, and Inception as well. When I heard he was making this movie, I was a little bit turned off on the historical aspect of it all. Cause I was just like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've seen Band of Brothers. I've seen pra- Saving Private Ryan. Like I've seen like these historical movies. Like, I mean, what more can you do? Uh, that was a pretty ignorant thought of mine because i'm not super like well versed on world war ii lore so mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> the lore behind world war ii yeah i don't know is this actually can is this movie canon does anybody know <laughs> canon to the world yeah exactly um <laughs> but anyways like i was like oh it's christopher nolan like that's cool oh but it's world war ii set i don't think i'm that interested so i and then i heard mm-hmm. like that harry styles was in it and i was like oh i actually yeah i don't care 
And so <laughs> I'm really kicking myself for thinking that way because I would have loved to see this movie in IMAX, which I'm pretty sure like you're supposed to watch this movie like in an IMAX theater. It feels like that it was yeah. made for that. Um, it was filmed in IMAX. Yeah, uh, it was, fil- it was yeah. filmed in IMAX with IMAX. That's, it definitely uh, has stock has that vibe for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I could tell you from personal experience how that you definitely should have yeah, seen it in IMAX. Yeah, I know I should have. <laughs> I know I should have. Um, I thought this movie was fine. It was a finely done movie. Uh, I have very few criticisms of it, but it was great and i'm glad i watched it i was uh 10 minutes into the movie and i sent joseph a text message and basically said or it was i think i sent it to the group chat it said something along the lines of holy shit you know this mm-hmm. 10, 10 minutes in bought and sold already it was a absolute feat of a movie like it was the dread that nolan paints like that the characters are feeling is like prominent throughout the entire like it's unrelenting they're constantly like you you feel it with the with the characters that you're just like cowering and there's nowhere to go it's really Mm -hmm. really really impressive yeah Um, very immersive yeah absolutely absolutely um i i read a couple of things about the movie before i watched it like back when it was first released so i was kind of like trying to pick up on some of the audio cues and audio illusions and whatnot that uh Hans mm-hmm. Zimmer puts into it and even knowing the tricks it was really really impressive the sound design was fantastic um I don't I'm a huge fan of loud music and loud um movies I like to listen to my movies like full volume and mm-hmm. I've took what you said to heart about this really should be seen on a big screen and blah 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 and all this kind of stuff so I made sure that I watched this one undistracted no phone <laughs> sitting in the optimal viewing seating in my living room had the tv <laughs> you know i had all the blinds shut and everything and instead of like laying in the one spot in the couch i usually sit in sat on the big mm-hmm. couch right in front of the tv i had the volume way louder than i normally could do um yeah. i I, wa- I waited for brie to be gone so <laughs> so she would you know i wouldn't disturb her upstairs or whatever turn the yeah. bass up on my uh, subwoofer and it was holy shit was it good this was a fantastic watch so thank you for recommending that i'm glad you enjoyed it i yeah, man. i love this movie i would play the drop but i don't have the power <laughs> i love this play movie what drop i love this movie that one yeah <laughs> yes um yes this is an absolute like top tier nolan movie because it is so it is so like I said earlier, typical Nolan, but very non. Very, it's Nolan. very seasoned Nolan. If I would have to say that, like it's, it's like in it's, he, it's like a sophomore. It's like a it's a sophomore movie of his prime. Like it, mm-hmm. I I would say like, I would say that like between the Dark Knight and Inception, like that's like when he like got into his prime like you know like people were giving him really big budgets like and so mm-hmm. he's just like honing his craft even more and more and so with uh dunkirk i feel like that it was really ambitious what he did because watching this movie uh we start off in like this hell along beach like it 
feels like the when the shot is made like it feels like this beach is, I, I know the beach goes on for miles but like you really get a sense of like how the scale of the situation is like right mm-hmm. like like P would say like right in the first 10 minutes like you get a feel you get a scale of like what is going on yeah. um I thought mm-hmm. it was a little confusing with some of the time jumps uh, that was going in this movie. It took me a little bit to even realize there were time jumps. I saw it, you know, I'm just kind of watching it, <clears throat> absorbing yeah. everything. And so I'm that's... Thinking, good. That's like, that's what's very typical about Nolan. Because yeah, even though it's a historical retelling of a true event there's still the element of time, which is very prominent in almost all of his movies. Yeah. Mm. And because this movie won best editing at the Oscars, the year mm. in the 2018 Oscars. And I have this article that Nolan's editor uh, did an interview with uh, IndieWire. Um, and the headline is Christopher Nolan's editor is aware of viewers completely misunderstand Nolan movies. <laughs> <laughs> I get and you're all plebes and I don't care. Basically, I mean, he talks about like the way Nolan films his movies and the way he has to edit them so as to not leave the audience left out <clears throat> of what Nolan is trying to tell you without obviously telling you what's going yeah. on. So he's the bu- he's the buffer between the direct link from the audience to Nolan's vision, his mind. Exactly. He's trying to remain as true editors do, remain true to their original vision. Um, Make it accessible without, enough for the audience to get it. Yeah, without, you know, trying to, like make them seem stupid or something mm. right you know and i would challenge anybody who is confused by the editing in this movie to utilize this little thing called critical thinking and <laughs> <laughs> oh and, and if you can uh do that then you should have no problem uh <laughs> figuring out what's going on yeah like i understood like what the time jumps meant i think that it was just there was there was a lot going on in this movie like just based on the action and like the feeling of tension like it was Mm. it definitely brings a really good point of like thinking about the editing because like you feel like you're like all over the place like where like all the soldiers are feeling all over the place like they don't know what they're doing they're just swimming to like the next like they're just swimming to the next like life-saving thing they're nope. literally just trying to survive, doing yeah, anything it, they can to survive. And it, it really, it really is. They, I mean, they don't have a choice, so they're just like, okay, we're all getting herded down this long pier. Oh, there's bombs here. Okay, well, we're gonna swim somewhere else. Oh, there's something over there we can grab onto. Oh, this is sinking too. Yeah, it's like they, they really don't have a whole lot of options, so they just keep moving. So they're not a stationary yeah. target, essentially. And I mean, there's so many elements of like what people will do just so that they can get off this this hell beach Mm -hmm. like the first instance is like when the first ship gets bombed and they go down and people start like people get crushed in between the ship and the pier and that's where we see first see harry styles almost drowning and you're like save my boy and then you see there's no main character in this yeah there's just characters in this movie and you see the first young kid that you see are introduced to in the movie and uh the guy who was burying uh, whatever soldier and taking his clothes 
they like see that they're wet so they like dunk themselves in the water so that they seem like they were in the ship that was about to leave so that they can get on the next ship that's about to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's that other instance of there's like that one there's that one moment in the movie where it's just like everything is lost, there is no hope. It's very like bleak and green tint to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And like the soap scum is like all over the the beach. Oh yeah, and like you the, see this, yeah, the foam. You see this one soldier yeah, the soap foam or the water ocean yeah. foam or whatever. You see that one soldier just walk straight into the ocean and take off his helmet and, like, all of his gear and just start swimming. And they're all just looking at him. They're just like, yep, uh, can't save that poor guy. He's going to kill himself yeah. anyway. And I have I had one question uh, when that movie, when I first saw it and the movie ended. I was like, did that guy ever take a shit? Oh, my God. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I was getting ready to ask the same question. I think he, he would- never... He, he never, never got, got to, to take a shit. He never got to shit throughout that whole movie, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Like he, <laughs> I was hoping that would pay off in some way. Yeah, he finally finds the toilet, and he's just like, "Oh god!" I, I do. That like would have been a that, good happy ending right there. <clears throat> I like the fact that they they made a point to show him like almost drop drop trowel a couple times, and then take off, and then um, and then he was on the beach, yeah. and then he sees a guy getting buried by another soldier yeah. because it's like. You know, you don't need to see it. You don't need to see anything, you know, graphic or whatever. But it's just no. like that's just a basic necessity of life. I mean, it's just it's a it's akin to him trying to turn on the water spigot outside of someone's garden, just get a couple drops of water out of the garden hose. It's like yeah. all the, the basic elements of life: being able to get mm-hmm. clean water, take a dump when you need to, get a bite to eat, you know, clean yeah. clean clothes, nice boots. I mean, something yeah. normal normal shoes to walk well, around in that aren't so yeah. you know, get trench foot. Like all those things are things that they're they're concerned about. On top mm-hmm. of being worried about the Germans, you know, shooting them every every yeah. turn. What um, this movie like it depicts violence because it is war, but there's it's like not graphic whatsoever. Yeah, it's very restrained. I think that was one of my criticisms watching this. Like you know, like after watching the Band of Brothers HBO series, like. Like there's definitely like a bar set when it comes to retelling World War Two stories, and mm. I was hoping that it would, although it created a feeling of hopelessness and despair on the soldiers' end, you don't really feel the whole impact of it because like there's not a whole lot of graphic violence. But that's that's typical Nolan. I mean, look at uh, yes, look yes, at, it is. Look at Inception. You know, there's people get shot throughout the entire movie and you barely see any blood except for the to the character you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, when it when it's necessary to show him that he's mm-hmm. suffering from a bullet wound but it's a very yeah. light criticism though because he he hits it out of the park with everything else but that mm-hmm. and so it's easier to like overlook like oh it doesn't there doesn't need to be graphic violence because he's not trying to like he, his vision is not focused on the violence; it's more focused on the emotional. The story he's telling. Story. Well, I, th- of it. I think that's more of a criticism for the audience. You know, we're trained as movie viewers that it's a war movie, so there's going to be this crazy violence. You know, we're going to see people get their head shot and you know legs severed. Yeah, from explosions. I don't. And stuff. I don't and think this movie needed. You don't need it. Needed it. No, yeah, it was um, definitely. Yeah, that not. was probably a, that was a, a refreshing aspect of the movie for my, for me personally. Um. The other thing I really liked about this movie is that you never see the enemy. You never see oh yeah where right. the really where don't. 
the attacks are coming from. Um, the only instance of you actually seeing an enemy is the very, very end of the movie. Oh, um, yeah. And they're not even doing anything. They're just taking Tom Hardy as a war prisoner. Yeah, and you don't um, even really see their faces or anything like that either. No. So. And it's like the unseen, like they could be anywhere, you know, um, as they just like randomly bombard the beach with uh, bombings. Uh, airplanes come flying by and they just like start dropping bombs. Even the planes were undiscernible from the British planes either. The only discernible trait that the British planes had was that they had a yellow nose. Um, Yeah. And uh, I just know uh, like I was like all caught up in like some of the dog fights in mm -hmm. that uh, movie where actually I thought there was something wrong with my TV at first because of like the way they were speaking. It was like shaky yeah but no, like was that was the, just was... like how it was and i was like yeah, oh yeah. that's that's a neat detail that they put in there because it really gets you like paying attention to the movie because you think there's something wrong it literally your screen. puts, and you, so, like, puts you into the cockpit yeah of, and that's um, the other thing about this movie is that i feel like it's just a movie it's like they were able to they put a documentary crew in dunkirk yeah it it, it was a it was like a you're pluck you out of your seat drop you into this moment in history and you feel i liked the fact that they since it was no one central character it lets you feel Mm -hmm. what a civilian the captain of that small ship played by mark rylance that ends up picking up celine murphy um, yeah it was like it was like a great look at how he thought about things like you get all these little bits about um like he saw the the planes fly overhead he's reassuring Mm -hmm. the young boys on on the boat that um they're friendlies and he's like you hear that rolls royce engine nothing like it and it's like oh my you know, i guarantee that people were saying that shit back then and probably still about it <laughs> you know yeah. about you know brit the british planes you know best in you know best royal her royal majesty's uh air force or whatever yeah and probably this is the best movie to show like your dad or your grandpa who's into like old war movies yes. but they only yes. watch war documentaries Oh yeah, <laughs> this is like I feel like for like military, a good for military, like audience mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and in terms of like historical wars, not like current, oh yeah, like current, like not yeah. people, like feel, people people who are war buffs. And the fe- go ahead. Tyler. I was gonna say that completely. This is not related to military aspect, but there is one part of this movie that sold me. And that is when, uh, fuck, what's that guy's name? He pushes the kid down the stairs and he hits his head. Cillian Murphy. Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Um, that's really what did it for me because I really love when movies depict like seemingly innocent injuries as lethal because that's kind of how it is in real life. Like you can, like you can like trip on yourself and like hit your head in a certain way and die. You know, like you could just like mm-hmm. trip like on the ground and kill yourself. And <laughs> I really love that he just pushed him down like a flight of stairs. He got like a concussion, kind of in a panic. You know, he didn't even mean to really do it. He was yeah, it was an accident. It it was just it was just like a it just it it definitely drove me in more of the realism that Christopher Nolan was trying to betray because like he just basically was just like yeah even this kid he just got pushed down the stairs and he died that shit mm-hmm. happens 
you well, fall that, and you die. That, and also, <laughs> and also, he's he's a soldier on the good guys side. You know, this movie shot from the perspective of the winners, from the yeah. you know the British soldiers, mm-hmm. and he's a British soldier they pick up from the ocean, and he's supposed to be a good guy, and he just has PTSD or shell shock or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right then, and once they realize they realize that the kid who fell down the stairs is dead, dies later on. You know, he says, is he going to be okay? And the other young boy just says, yeah, he's going to be fine. And it's like he could have laid it on and been a dickhead to him about it and be like, you bastard, you, you didn't have to do that. You know, there's already enough death out here. There could have been this whole big monologue yeah, yeah. about that. But in reality, they're like, this guy's fucked up in the head. You know, he's he doesn't and saying need that, that he was yeah saying that he was dead could have put the whole crew at risk. Like he could have gone like you know crazy and started like yeah. He's like what what's know. what good is that? You know yeah. So yeah, I I just yeah. there's there's definitely a level of realism that is refreshing there's... in a war movie because I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like a bunch of World War Two movies. Re- now like I'm thinking about like my graphic violence comment. I'm thinking that Christopher Nolan captured the mood without using the violence, which in most period movies, they rely on the graphic violence to evoke the character developmental To depict the hell that war is. So definitely like A plus... A plus uh, storytelling when it comes to his because I, 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 I like I said when this first movie was announced I was just like oh Christopher Nolan's doing a historical period piece <sighs> I'm trying to have Inception 2 <laughs> Inception 2 cruise control <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, I Wish there was more Tom Hardy in this movie, honestly. Yeah, that was a pretty consistent uh, criticism I heard when the movie first uh, came out. Mm-hmm. Or people were like, more, more Tom Hardy. He should be the main character. We could see the whole movie. Well, he about was him. like, he was basically the hero of most of the movie. He was a badass for sure. Um, yeah, but it was. I mean, he was. I think, in terms of what he did in the war in the movie and the role he plays in the movie mm-hmm. like he's just like this guy who's i mean he's a guy who's just like you would never know his name in the movie you would just know a soldier saved the lives of all these men and was taken war prisoner and i feel like it's not that big of a deal that he wasn't in the movie that much like you don't i mean you don't see his face that much sure you just hear hear his voice and see his furrowed brow through most of the movie <laughs> and he does evoke a lot of emotion just through that one section of his face yeah um, definitely why and that's just why do just they a, why does hollywood is so hell-bent on covering up tom hardy's gorgeous face i know that's weird right <laughs> Half of his face was covered in uh, a fury road too and why oh, does yeah, he oh yeah that's right i mean and in, and bane and bane yeah, yeah and bane. bane show um, us those lips we want to see those lips Oh, and uh, Bronson, too. They made him wear a mustache. Covered up his whole face. <laughs> and then like he literally his painted face. his whole body, so you couldn't see him. I mean, he's... Um, yeah, he's a, he's a character. Uh, and I think he just gets into the roles that he is playing or is, a, is casted into, and he just does it, does it to, uh, to the 
true nature of whatever he, he's on the same level of joaquin phoenix's character roles but yeah like involvement or uh I commitment mean, yeah i think it's just because like you know he kind of looks like he's he's he, he's not crazy like he looks like a normal guy <laughs> whereas joaquin phoenix looks like like a lunatic in real life so like Does it creates yeah he creates more buzz for like you know headlines like oh joaquin phoenix i think I he heard, looks pretty i heard he's a, cra- I heard he's a crazy guy yeah but it's just the attitude towards like you know like media and stuff like he's just like oh he looks crazy he's a crazy guy he's vegan <laughs> and then tom hardy is just like oh it's just it's tom hardy he's just this well, tom, lovable, I, uh, lovable scamp who's really good i can't i think think of a moment where tom hardy i've never seen tom hardy on a late night show um, he's pretty he's pretty quiet about a lot of his like appearances yeah and i remember <clears throat> I, d- I did watch one interview with him where the um interviewer was talking about his um supposed bisexuality oh he's yeah may, may or may not be bisexual and he got a Based little upset about it because he's like pictures cause he's, <laughs> yeah he got he was part of the uh, iCloud hack um Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence uh yeah not really I'm just kidding but anyways no he he was really upset about it he's like he's like what the, what the fuck does that have to do with anything like he's he's a no bullshit type of guy Is it, it was like, the uh he was like doing like press rounds for legend i think because i think it was char- for legend yeah because his the he one plays of the a character is, who's gay mm-hmm. yeah and that guy he was and it's it's great to hear tom hardy talk as himself because he's got that great accent but uh yeah um yeah it is he, he's a little bit outside of the public eye joaquin phoenix i think well he plays a, like roles that are make him look not great mm-hmm. like in legend the, the brother he like he's kind of like weird looking uh, yeah. Or in, uh, or in, even in the new Capone movie, he looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then in Dunkirk, um, he just so you can only see his eyes. Yeah, until the very end, and then. Yeah, yeah, I oh mean, I think he, he was the true hero of of that. Him and the um, the, the little civ- boat civilians, civilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were the real buddies. When I uh, when I heard like the plot of you know Dunkirk, um when it was initially released i never heard of the dunkirk whole battle thing or whatever you want to call it yeah i had no world idea what it was about yeah i knew it was i knew it was world war ii i've heard the name before but i didn't know anything about it and i thought you know oh civilian boats evacuating this beach and i thought man that sucks but it was really impressive to see that happen in the movie and also um it made the most sense too like the people were talking uh, I, I, I can't remember who it was kenneth Branagh was talking yeah. about how the civilians boats are the ones coming in and someone's questioning him and it's like in 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 my head i was thinking and this really doesn't make any sense these guys are just lambs to the slaughter but if you have a a plane a very a very uh basic technological plane back then Mm -hmm. they drop their resource of bombs on this carrier that's carrying you know ten thousand soldiers or you know three thousand soldiers or whatever all those people are going into the into the drink where if you have a little tiny boat a it's harder to hit and b you're only going to get i don't know 20 or 30 people in that one so it, it makes it absolutely makes sense in that context yeah yeah and the sense now, if, they, if the germans had jet skis and uzis <laughs> like certain nazis must die up, yeah yeah exactly they go upside these little boats and just 
you know, all the Surfing soldiers. on waves with Well, as, as, so, like, they, they paint that, that picture that you're talking about when Mark Rylance has all those soldiers on his boat, and then there's an enemy plane coming, and then mm-hmm. they're doing, like, they're tr- they're, he's getting ready to do an evasive maneuver. Yeah. And he does it, and the plane shoots at them, but then it just flies by, and then Mark Rylance says, he's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, that's, like, a, exactly, they explain it like so like logically it is in the movie it's like yeah that makes sense i guarantee nolan read this in in like a history book or heard a story about it or even watched a documentary about it and was like this is in in, in, it they're not giving the the reading it on a page doesn't give credit to how intense that situation would be for those civilians and i'm pretty sure he probably wanted to paint that picture a little bit more um artistically yeah it it really it really the like you said, the hero is Tom Hardy in a sense, but the real heroes are the are the civilians who are putting mm-hmm. their life and their livelihood. You know, who who knows how much money those boats cost for those guys? And yeah, those are pro- probably I'd venture to say probably middle upper class to upper class people who are in these boats who have the ability to have a boat in yeah. England in, in that time, in and they're just 1940s like, England. Yeah, God save the Queen. Here we go across the Channel. We're gonna pick up all these troops. <laughs> yeah, and I mean. On the flip side, uh, to people who like, when you hear the idea of like civilian boats, like like Cillian Murphy paints that that like initial reaction to that idea, saying this is a you're not you're not in the navy you're sailors this is a pleasure yacht you're yeah exactly like like this, this isn't is, your war you should be home yeah you should you should be at home if we go there we're gonna die and Mark mm-hmm. Rylance we get a little backstory on him his character like he had a son who was in the military who died uh three weeks into the war and um and we kind of get that sense of like like his purpose like why he's doing this when the when that first plane goes down um and he sees he's like going towards the wreckage in the in the ocean and his Mm. son is like i didn't see a shoot a shoot didn't come out you know he's he's maybe maybe dead and then Mark mm-hmm. Rylance, he kind of turns around and kind of snaps at him. And he goes, he might be. He might be alive. Mm. And, like, we kind of get that, like, like he's doing it for somebody else's son to... Yeah. Yeah. To, he's like, he's he personally save impacting. He, he can do his part with just this pleasure yacht that he's got. Yeah. And then and then that scene in particular, that kind of that goes into the editing of this movie, the way things are portrayed and like questions that are brought up and then answered later in the movie mm-hmm. like f- from the dis- different perspectives um like perspective of the pilots from Tom Hardy he sees the plane go down and he's not getting a response from him he goes Collins Collins and then he sees like a hand waving yeah right outside the cockpit and then later we see that he's actually just trapped he can't open his his hatch or whatever yeah and he's like about to drown and then yeah. that's when the pleasure yacht, that's when those sailors come and save him. Mm. And like, I like the way this movie is edited because of that reason. Like things are answered later in the movie or things like line up like different stories. You see like a different story from a different perspective and then it flips mm. and then you see that story. And then you, like, it's very, very interesting. There's kind of a nod yeah. to that sort of editing style towards the end where they finally get to, Britain 
and the guy he takes off as the pilot who got saved like he takes off his coat and like revealing like he's from the air force and then one of the yeah. infantry guys is just like where the fuck were you yeah so it's like oh yeah. where they know where you were like there was definitely one of those like nods like yeah did you get it yeah yeah did you get um, you see what i did there yeah can i talk for a second um for about the audio illusion that i mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um there's a great video that um i'm gonna try to play this real quick i got it queued up um from vox that talks better than i can say it so i was just gonna play it um for our audience and it's very audio specific you don't need to watch you know this video but if you want to look Look it up and watch it for yourself. Uh, it's called The Sound Illusion That Makes Dunkirk So Intense. I think this I've is, seen this. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I want to play it right now. That is because Zimmer is taking advantage of an auditory illusion caused by something called a shepherd tone. It consists of several tones separated mm, by an octave tone. layered on top of each other. As the tones move up the scale, the highest pitch tone gets quieter. The middle pitch remains loud. And the lowest bass pitch starts to become audible. Because you can always hear at least two tones rising in pitch at the same time, your brain is tricked into perceiving a constant ascending tone. Loop it all together, and it sounds like a piano scale going on for infinity. When the transition between tones is continuous, it's called a shepherd reset glissando, and it can sound really spooky. This can happen in, in the, the video. You can see too. this is the same sound looping over and over again. You can hear it in the endless it's stairs in Super Mario thing. 64. Yeah, and in Pink Floyd. <laughs> Love this. It's like a barber's pole of sound, constantly seeming to rise without actually going anywhere. Put that in a soundtrack. This is the mole from the soundtrack. And it creates the sound of mm-hmm. rising tension that carries the screenplay forward. Christopher Nolan loves this illusion. You can hear it in the Bat Pod sound effect in the last two Dark Knight films. And in the music of The Prestige, composed by David Julian. Nolan's films are often all about time, how it warps in space, in our dreams, and in our memories. And there's tension that comes with that. An illusion like this makes that tension palpable. All it takes is clever sound design. So yeah, that was, uh, I listened for that sound effect like throughout mm-hmm. the movie. <clears throat> yeah. And it, you can you can hear it a lot during the um, the plane sequence. It's a little bit more obvious during like the plane sequences. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you like, I don't know, it, it was just, you could feel it. The whole resonance of the sound made you feel just like it's dread everywhere you go. There's no escaping it. And it's like yeah. there's no end, end to it either, which was really impressive to me. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a scene real quick. Well, not real quick. It's probably talk about it for a little bit um, in this movie. That is like one of the most intense scenes for me anyway. Um, I would think it would be for anybody. But because I one of my biggest fears is like being dogpiled or trapped with bodies around me and I can't move. Um, mm. You know, just being piled, piled on or just like being stuck in a, like a very like closed space 
like oh man like I, anybody I, tra- anybody traveling through like 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 spelunking like cave diving and traveling through those like crawling through those narrow God, that's terrifying to me that's too. terrifying to me well i guess i <laughs> better cancel those tickets of small cave diving for your birthday um and adding water to the situation would just make it so much worse uh when they're in that ship and they're like eating jam on bread and then the torpedo hits oh, the, the ship torpedo comes yeah that scene I, I was like clenched i've seen this movie probably three or four times and it's still just like i just like start clenching up because it's so terrifying because you're in you're the talk i thought you were gonna talk about the one where they're in the upside down boat and they're shooting bullet holes in the side no that one comparatively the other one is way worse for me it's a, it's a way more tense scene for sure the it's this torpedo to the side of the boat yeah you're just trapped there's like hundreds and hundreds of soldiers in this room with no windows and like one door to get out and yeah it's dark thanks george There's bush everybody around <laughs> and water and you're drowning and it's just oh god it was terrifying and it was ugh, yeah i was sweating yeah um, it's, it's very effective it's very effective because you're also thinking too like they're out in the middle of nowhere yeah as in the ocean what (laughs) Uh, so what'd you guys think about that scene huh it was pretty good it's intense huh (laughs) yeah it was squirmy dude like i would uh like the time the whole time i was watching that sequence of the one that you were specifically talking about like i was just like oh fuck oh fuck like it was uh it was kind of like uh it reminded me of the scene in Indiana Jones the Last Crusade where they're in the uh the tombs and the mm-hmm. water starts piling up and all the rats are like on fire <laughs> like it was very reminiscent of that scene and I was rats on fire great metal band yeah. <laughs> rats on fire <laughs> Um, I I was I was thinking almost like when the torpedo happened, I'm like, get out, you fools! What are you doing? You're sitting around. Like they didn't act fast enough, and then I then I realized, oh, this is like real world. This is not a video game. It's not like <laughs> you're prompted to get out. There's your next checkpoint down the way. You know, you're yeah. just in a room and you're and you're not prepared for this, and it's uh, you're about to die. It was, uh, but it, it was. It, I feel like it was like a a blip on the radar for a movie in, in full of like terrifying scenes if you put yourself in the perspective of any of the characters so i mean that that one that was a good one i i resonated a little bit more with the terror behind the the boat scene where they're getting shot up right and they have to shut up you have to be quiet and the one guy gets yeah. shot and everyone else is like holding his mouth shut mm-hmm. they almost mutiny on that the froggy the french guy yeah and they, they think he's a german spy yeah there was i don't know there was so many good like little vignettes of terrifying situations and then the um the oil spill would you rather drown or burn to death yeah just some <laughs> that harsh, was harsh choices yeah i'm like just swim forward and then <laughs> yeah just get out oh but still like Eat. that the idea that that's your choice you either drown or you burn uh is like like which is worse? I don't know. To, yeah, I don't know. I I really don't want to be in that situation. So, moral of the story is I'm not cut out for war. Yeah, so. no. I'm... <laughs> Hats off to the soldiers of World War Two and every world, every war 
before and after because that, that's not for me yeah yeah and then we're uh we end the movie with uh with churchill's infamous speech oh yeah i mm-hmm. thought that was a pretty cool uh it was a, it was a was good a- happy ending it was a very impactful scene with the music and everything because Harry Styles thinks that they're going to be, like, imprisoned and everybody's going to hate them. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, it's so funny, like, the guy's, like, knocking on the window and he's, like, looking away because he's, like, afraid that he's, like, going to beat him up or something. S- spit on him or something. And he's, like, here's some Newcastle brown ales. <laughs> <laughs> Have and, a beer, mate. Dunkirk, yeah. sponsored by Newcastle. Yeah, and is that what it was? Was that actually Newcastle? I don't know. It might have been. <laughs> <laughs> it was beer for sure. Yeah. Um, it was very like very um, when they like get when they get away when they see the cliffs, and it's like the sun is rising. It's a new day, um, and then the, the first r- happy moment in the movie, and then the rest of the war happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like Dunkirk happened, oh, and then it goes on to World War Two. There's yeah. definitely a uh, sequel baiting in the end right there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They're like, what happens next? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, that kind of happens next. That kind of goes to show like how effective this movie is, is that like I actually would be okay seeing a second World War Two movie directed by Christopher Nolan. I think it would be um, it, it would follow Tom Hardy as he goes into the. Uh, POW camp. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, he, I, yeah. He's competent enough to do an effective historical war movie that is accessible mm-hmm. to pretty much in a whole audience, like maybe not little kids, but like someone in like <laughs> their early teenager years to like I don't know, like seventy five years old would enjoy this movie. I think. Yeah. If you're seventy six, get bent. <laughs> this movie's not for you. <laughs> Sorry, it's cut off age. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. You can't, you can't watch this movie. Seventy five and uh, seventy six in a day, or seventy five in a day. Nope, it's over. <laughs> it's done. Uh, yeah, no, it was it, it was uh, a fantastic movie, start to finish. I absolutely thought it was a, a monumental feat of a movie. I mean, it was impressive looking at it from the perspective of like a filmmaker, and mm-hmm. just the the context of the. It was a good, very good movie. Yeah, Char- characters were unique, and you don't have to spend a ton of time with each one of them. You don't have to see a bunch of character development. You just have to, it's a slice of life in the world of these characters. Yeah, and um, it's I mean that's what movies can do better Very. than better than I think like reading about it on pages of a book. Some people can absorb their stuff, their history that way. This was very effective for me for to give a context for that historical moment. Yeah, it's very uh, just paints a picture of what it was probably like and it was probably much worse than what the movie displays i think the sheer scale of this movie is what's impressive to me too is like i don't think this would work without the budget that he had because i didn't i i think i heard like this is like one of his highest budgeted movies uh maybe i don't know like it i don't know he didn't have he, he didn't have like a a huge he didn't have leo or uh Ken Watanabe um, <laughs> in his cast. He all had was Tom Hardy and Harry Styles and Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth I'm Branagh. Sorry, I'm sorry. Kenneth we... Branagh w- was the most character actor in this movie. Like he was the most movie actor in this movie compared to everybody else. 
because like he had the most dramatic dialogue i think um like like you yeah. can practically see it from here <laughs> see what sir home <laughs> i was thinking like oh i'm sorry mr nolan uh Leo is not going to be available for Dunkirk. And he's like, fuck it. Who can I else get? And he's just like, well, my daughter really likes Harry Styles. Try him out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, um, yes. I will say, though, that the I do get I do get a little a little like <gasps> like little teary eyed when uh, when that last soldier wakes up and he looks around, and sees that sees that everybody's gone. And then <laughs> Kenneth Brown is like, he's like, I know we're officers. But it'll have to do. And then he he closes the little fence for the ladder and he says, I'm staying for the French. Yeah, dude. That and was, was like, like ooh, that like, was Ugh. that's ooh, that's heroism right there. But I yeah, mean it was there's was, that was good. I like that scene. I almost thought that was a dream for a second and I forgot about oh, the really? cuts. Oh yeah. yeah. I was like I was like, Oh shit, he's in a dream. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> intense, but then it kind of makes me think though, it's like yeah, it feels very heroic, but it's like what if you were watching it from the Nazi point of view? <laughs> That's the thing with movies. You can make anything look heroic and like just. Yeah. And so I did feel, so, I did, I did feel, I did feel <laughs> something from this scene, but then I felt like I got duped at the same time. Yeah. Who, when, when is someone going to make a, a historical uh, World War II movie? With sympathy for the Nazis, huh? That's the title. Yeah, no, that's what the, the hell? No, that's not what I'm saying. Listeners, write in your li- write in your listener mail to mcfcpodcast <laughs> oh at gmail.com. Tell us, tell us if you be on board with a, a sympathetic, <laughs> that is not sympathetic not what, Nazi. That's leader. not what I'm saying. I just think that if you're... You heard it here, folks. <laughs> oh, my God. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Tyler wants to see a movie with sympathetic Nazis. Tyler Noe, address is uh, 3976. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let's just get <laughs> anyway, let's just get into the ratings at this point. Anyway, Tyler, watch Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get into ratings. Yep. Yep. Pete, you should go first. Um. Gosh, I didn't even think about this till this moment. I should have been prepared <laughs> for this very moment. We have we do have a, a weekly podcast and expecting <laughs> a rating. You know. Um. I don't know. I, I'm kind of teeter tottering between like four, four and a half. You know, war movies are not really my thing. I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not a huge fan of war movies, um, or else I per, I would probably rate it. You know, even higher than that. But um, if there was a a little bit more of like a a congruent plot, I'd probably go just a tiny bit higher. That's probably my only criticism with the movie. You know, mm-hmm. I liked it without some sort of plot. Like I don't need Pearl Harbor. You know, I don't need Josh Hartnett, and you know, and yeah. <laughs> Casey. What, what? What? Who's the other guy in that? It's Josh Hartnett and uh, that uh, kid from Dawson's Creek <laughs> fighting over <laughs> fighting over some girl in the Liv, backdrop. Uh, Live Tyler. Is, yeah, li- fighting over Live Tyler, and the backdrop is Pearl Harbor bombing is about to happen. <laughs> you know, I don't need that. The backdrop is a green screen of Pearl Harbor. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it would have been nice to maybe get a little bit more out of Tom Hardy or spend a little bit more with maybe one or two of the characters. But, um, so oh, that being said, fantastic movie, uh, highly recommend. I'm going to give this one a four and a half four and a half. Cool. The feet, the feet of the movie itself being made and how well it was executed puts it a four and a half. Mm. And I think that not everybody's going to like outright enjoy it. Yeah. But it is a, a very 
in the truest sense of the word, an awesome movie. I was in awe while watching it. Yeah. Tyler. Uh, I give this movie three and a half out of five. Uh, what? I, <laughs> I thought it was an amazing movie, but it's just like, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't see myself like going back and watching this. Not to say that like I would be unhappy if it was on, but it's like it's good. But what the fuck? <laughs> but what? <laughs> uh, I think the captain could have had a little bit more character development. Um, Who Kenneth Branagh? Yeah, I think I oh. think that was kind of like a waste of. Um, talent in a role um, other than that though it was just it was very you know I actually you know I'm kind of gassing it up more now so I'm actually going to bump it up to a 4 out of 5 <laughs> um, hey don't don't let us persuade you you want to give it a 3.5 oh no I, I was persuading myself uh, it was a, just a very solid movie um, and it's kind of like a hidden gem of a movie it's definitely not in this <laughs> like a, it's not a traditional Christopher Nolan movie which is kind of a would you call it lightning in a bottle uh no I wouldn't call it lightning in a <laughs> bottle it was only it it had too big of a budget to be a lightning in a bottle there's no way like as soon as the budget was <laughs> like you know promised it was like all right we're fucking doing this it better be good uh, but yeah, four four out of five. A uh, very good movie. Uh, if you're especially if you're into World War Two historical um, lore, you'll yeah. like uh, you'll like this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like they already blew their load. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Joseph, I give this movie a four and a half out of five because it is. So it is masterfully made. Um, I think I don't. I don't need. Uh, I don't need a main character. I don't need to follow one singular uh, person or story. I I really love the different perspectives, different almost different branches of the military, uh, land, sea, and air. Um, and just the heroism of just like regular people, yeah, uh, coming coming to the aid of people who would just literally be massacred on a beach. Um, the beacon is lit. Yeah, and <laughs> it it gets me every time. Every time. Every every time they show the uh, the boats coming in. Um, Oh and yeah, and he's looking out with his binoculars, and he sees it. And he's like, yeah. "It's home." Yeah, like, remember what I said earlier? It's they're here. They're they're <laughs> there. I see it. Um, it was interesting though, seeing like because you're focused just on Mark Rylance's little boat, and then all of a sudden he's surrounded by all these other boats. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't matter. But uh, four and a half out of five. Very emotional. Uh, very unique, not unique movie at the same time. Yeah, definitely uh, falls. Very weird. Yeah, definitely falls in that category. And uh, I would highly, highly recommend it to myself to watch it again. 
I recommend this to me <laughs> <laughs> and to anybody else. And before we move on to the next segment, uh, which is replacing it, um, yeah. where would you guys put this on the Nolan list mm. of movies? Mm-hmm. Personal Nolan or like objectively, like like what you what, what you think? Uh, can you give us a recap? <clears throat> of all his movies country country of origin please can you use it in a sentence <laughs> i just want i just want to like i want to recap of all his movies of all his movies yeah like the big ones or well, we'll do inception following inception. following oh. memento batman begins the prestige the dark knight inception the dark knight rises man of steel no that's he didn't write that or direct that batman. interstellar dunkirk and that's it and then ten oh. tenet was just coming out I'd say I'd probably put. Um, well, what's your number one scale? Nolan movie? Dark Dark Knight, then The Prestige, then Dunkirk. Ooh, that's how I, that's how ah, I go. I, okay. I'm a huge, huge Prestige fan. I don't think it's as like impressive of a movie as Dark Knight. Dark Knight was just killer in all aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, un, unforgettable characters, but um, Prestige was the concepts in it and the twist is so good. I've seen that movie probably ten times. And um, yeah. This this is the up there. I don't think this has a whole lot of rewatchability for me unless I want to be just like awe in awe of like uh, the the task of movie. You know making. what's you know what's rewatchable about it though is that it's very short. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nearly as like it wasn't, it, I thought it was kind of like a two and a half hour movie. They couldn't yeah. they make a lot of war movies into that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Tyler, what do you think? Um, that's my top three. So at least. what was the what, what, what was the list? No, no, what was the number you put at it, Pete? You said third? Oh, I, I, my, I'm third for, yeah, Dunkirk's third for me. Yeah. Um, hmm. What's your number one? So uh, number one is Dark Knight. Number two is Batman Begins. Number three is Interstellar. Number four is Inception. I would say I'd put it at the fifth fifth one. Okay. Um, I think it definitely deserves to be in an A top five list, but it it would be on my fifth pick of Nolan movies, mm-hmm. um, which is saying a lot because all five of those movies are like like they're going to be considered damn near classics in the future. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of splitting hairs for me too. Yeah. Like what Tyler said, it's like they're all. If I left off Interstellar and. Um, uh, oh gosh, I'm just completely drawn a blank. Left off. Um, Interstellar's Memento, Insomnia, Batman Begins, The Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Inception. I, yeah, Inception, and um, I, I completely left those two off. And it's, it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could juggle all five of those for like top, you know, top spot. Sure. Yeah, they're like they're they're all, they're ever moving. Very fluid. The, yeah. Prestige gets a, a couple of place bumps because David Bowie's in it. So, oh yeah, <laughs> as Jared. Any movie with any any yeah any movie with uh, David Bowie and Andy Serkis together. Sign Andy Serkis non non CGI. Uh, yeah, Andy Serkis non- Andy Serkis uh, Cir- IRL. <laughs> he CGI'd him. He uh, motion capped himself in that movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really weird choice. <laughs> they, like they mo-cap and, circus and Andy, you could just be in the movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
He's like, I already <laughs> got the best balls acting on. in a white suit. <laughs> I already got the balls on a suit. Okay. Yeah. The white suit with the balls on it. <laughs> I'm not changing. No yeah. way, no how. Uh, That's why the budget uh, like ballooned because they had to do it. <laughs> Tacked on an extra three million for just circus. Yeah, Andy they circus. already had the contract signed. They're like, "Fuck, damn it!" Yes. Uh, I yeah. So I would put. What about you, Joe? I'd put. Hmm. Everybody says Dark Knight is the number one. Oh yeah, it's just. It's just huh. But it is, I think. Um, it is. It is. It, but it is, it is. I mean, it, look, it I is. mean, looking at just looking in the world in no that's at this list, it's hard to like really put anything else above it. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So Dark Knight, Inception, Dunkirk. Although Inception can always be replaced by the Prestige. Or I figured you. I figured you would have Interstellar a lot higher. I like Interstellar a, a lot. Um, and that's like number four or number five, maybe. But like, I mean, it's yeah. For me, it's like ever moving. Um, but that's like the top five. Yeah, because all those movies, mm-hmm. all those five movies, are just interchangeably great. I mean, except I think the Dark Knight's superior to all of the last four. But it just goes to say, you could, you could argue, you could argue the story and the characters of some of the other ones are way more, way yeah, better I, than in Dark. I'm a little biased though because I love Batman so. M- my my yeah i guess so but my problems with like the dark knight series is a lot of like exposition related mm-hmm. i'm like, not wearing a or, hockey mask or yeah like dialogue related it's some of it's like oh you didn't have to say that <laughs> uh, we get it <laughs> that's what i think like in terms of like nolan movies like we were talking about earlier about his editor and like uh, mm-hmm. I think the studios got involved in some of this, yeah, definitely. Some of the production, and we're like, they're not gonna. You have to say this because the audience isn't gonna get it. Like, yeah, fuck <laughs> you, test audiences. Because it because those movies are so wide spread. Yeah, um, they're they're the, made for general audience. The general audience, like, you have to say, you have to say in the Dark Knight Rises, you have to say to Bane that. He's there to stop him. He has to say it. No one's going to understand that he's there to stop him. <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. That. That's really I hate, funny. I hate that line so much. Uh, it's like, here, audience, here, open wide, here's some exposition. Nom, 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 nom. Or the mayor, or not the mayor, he's like a captain or something on the police force, and he goes, Who let all these hotheads in here? Where are the hotheads? I need some hotheads. Get this hothead out of here. <laughs> And he just says hotheads over and over again. That's weird. I have to say, since we're talking about exposition, my favorite exposition in any movie is in the Austin Powers series. They create an entire character named Basil Exposition. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> and he just pops on screen and he talks to Austin Powers at length about the plot. And <laughs> the character is just kind of like rotating his hand and nodding as he's like, okay, yeah, go on. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoop-dee-doo, like, oh, Basil. Basil Exposition. <laughs> I didn't catch that till I was an adult, but watching it as a kid, it, it didn't even make yeah. sense to me, but it's yeah, so funny. Anyway, so that was Dunkirk. Woohoo! I'm very excited for Tenet. Hopefully it still gets released in July. Oh man, yeah. I really want to uh, see that movie. They finished production on that already though, right? Yeah, he's in post right now. Yeah. Means uh, that we're going to get on streaming. 
Oh God! But his movies are oh God! I would want to see. Come theaters. over. We'll watch it. We'll watch it on the big screen with the volume all the way up. Uh, but it's filmed in IMAX. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Off the um, wheel. That's off the wheel. So Joseph, you do have a. That was a regular pick. So you have a normal pick. A regular old pick. I do have a replacement. Um, unfortunately, it is not streaming anywhere. This is a. Uh-huh childhood favorite of mine it is 1987 inner space inner space inner space starring dennis quaid martin short meg ryan in her space got it (laughs) yeah in her space all right Um, basically dennis quaid plays a test pilot named tuck pendleton and he volunteers to test a special vessel for a miniaturization experiment accidentally injected into a neurotic hypochondriac Jack Putter, played by Martin Short. Tuck must convince Jack to find his ex-girlfriend Lydia Maxwell, played by Meg Ryan, to help him extract Tuck and his ship and re-enlarge them before his oxygen runs out. At the same time being hunted by like these... Uh, antibodies. Not antibodies, no, they're... Um, they're like the villains in the movie. First, I can't remember why they were like they want the technology of miniaturization, and gotcha. they they need the they need the thing. They need the vessel. Anyway, it's very funny. Very funny movie. Uh, cool. Very. Never seen it. Good. I'm excited. I never really heard of it until you started mentioning it and briefly in passing. Yeah, <laughs> it's is it was a movie that I watched a lot as a child. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, recap what's on the wheel. We have uh, newly added inner space on the cursed spot. Mm-hmm. Took Dunkirk off. Uh, how, how many weeks do you think we had? We're on episode 33 now. This is episode 33. Probably 32. a good four or five months. Yeah, because it was on there since like a month yeah, into the record, uh, almost, podcast. Yeah, almost like in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we have inner, inner Space is taking that spot for Joseph. We have Border for Joseph, the Norwegian foreign flick. Uh, Mac and Me, Joseph's wildcard pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Suspiria from Tyler, The Fifth Element from Pete, The Lighthouse from Tyler, Whiplash from Pete, Dunstan checks in, which is my wildcard pick, and that's it. So you guys cool. ready to find out what we're going to watch next week? Yes. Here we go. Oh, man spinning it right by my head. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Ooh. Oh, Whiplash. Ooh. Watching ah. Whiplash. Nice. All right, so let me look this one up because I, I own this on uh, Blu-ray. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, so let's take a look here. I want to say it's streaming on Netflix, but maybe not. Okay, Whiplash from 2014 is... Ah, oh, bummer. Not streaming anywhere right now. <clears throat> Damn it. You can rent it on Amazon, Fandango, Vudu, Redbox, YouTube, Google Play. Take your pick. Looks like Amazon's the cheapest for three to three bucks. Um, mm. This is starring um, Andrew Neiman. Sorry, uh, Miles Teller playing Andrew <laughs> Neiman, J.K. Simmons, Terrence Fletcher, and Paul Reiser as uh, uh, Miles Teller's dad. Um, it's a really tight, cool little movie. Um Directed by Damien Chazelle, who um, is now a very renowned director. Did La La Land. Uh, what else did he do? First Man. For, yeah, that's it. First Man. I always forget about that one. Um, 
And it's a story of um, Andrew Neiman, a freshman at a music conservatory in, I believe, Chicago. And he's a drummer for a jazz group, and he wants to be the best. He wants to be a world-famous drummer. And J.K. Simmons is his abusive, strangely method um, teacher who tries to get the best out of him at any cost. So mm-hmm. it's... Uh, very very great movie i've seen this at least 15 times and i can't wait to watch it again and i believe we even have a drop on our board yep we do yeah we do we have a couple i'm upset (laughs) (laughs) and also not quite my temple that that scene that quote not quite my temple i think is uh made itself into the pop culture zeitgeist no (laughs) yeah i mean i say it in real life and i haven't even seen the damn movie you haven't (laughs) seen it no, I haven't. This will be the oh first time gosh. watching it, but so I say not quite my tempo to a lot of things in my life. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not All quite right, my have tempo. A joy. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, it, I'm really excited to that you cool. get to watch this for the first time. I wish I could watch it for the first time again. Um, I think the only thing I've seen from this movie is like that one scene where he's like doing the drum like beat thing, and he and that's where the not quite my tempo quote comes from yeah. And i yeah. thought that was a really well done scene so are i was just rushing? like yeah are you dragging it's a it's a it's parodied many times already out there so yeah um, all right cool until uh, next week we will be watching whiplash and thank you for following along this episode send us an email at mcfcpodcast at gmail.com we read everything on the air and we haven't had a email in a few weeks it'd be great to hear from our listeners um, Are you guys still alive on... out there? Yeah. Is anybody there? Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> follow us on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com slash MCFC podcast, and on Instagram at uh, middle class film class. So we'll see. Please send us a, please send anything. Something. Theme music. Please like, <laughs> you watched a movie. Did you like it? Did you hate <laughs> yeah. it? Just tell us. Did you watch episode. a movie? Did you physically watch a movie? <laughs> Yeah, send us your su- and send us your suggestions too. If you want to put a movie on the wheel, if you if you have a streaming pick suggestion, um, or something that's not streaming, and you just want to talk about it, um, send us an email. We really want to hear from you. Um, but until next time, see you later. All right, see you later. See ya. I think that would have been the most effective way to use an erect penis.